to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. everybody and welcome back to Natural MD Radio. I am so excited to have you here again and this week's episode is on PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which so many women are struggling with and email and call me and come see me about. So I'm super excited to share with you what I know. I just wanted to give you a heads up. My voice is going to be a little bit hoarse in this episode. I just came back from teaching at the Integrative Health Symposium Conference in New York City and I taught three classes, but then after my third class, I was mobbed by women and men too who wanted to thank me or meet me or say hello. And I spent two and a half hours doing a book signing. And then on top of it, I spent hours and hours visiting and having lunch and dinner with friends. I saw my old friend, the herbalist, David Winston, and I had dinner with Robert Roundtree and it was super fun, but I talked pretty much nonstop. So you're going to hear this crackly horse voice. I apologize. I hope I'm easy enough to hear. And I'm so glad you're here. I couldn't believe how many women came up to me and told me that they were listening to Natural MD Radio. I was so excited and, and gratified to hear that. So thank you for coming back and joining me again. And I hope this episode is incredibly helpful for you. If it is, please remember to drop a review on iTunes because that bumps it up on iTunes and other women get to see it when you drop an iTunes review. It tells iTunes you love it and they feature it higher up in their role, which means other women who may not have even heard of this radio show are going to get access. And when you hear the risks and concerns around PCOS, even if you don't struggle with it, but you know someone who is or you're studying about it, you're going to want to make sure this information gets to as many women as possible because the risks are big. So let's dive in. We're going to talk about PCOS and I'm so glad you're here. PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome is a hormonal condition that's thought to affect more than 5 million women in the United States alone. Nobody really knows what causes it for sure, though there are many theories. At first, it was thought that PCOS was a condition caused by imbalances in the sex hormones. Those are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But we now know that the condition is actually due to insulin resistance, a condition where your cells don't respond to the normal actions of insulin, most importantly, taking your sugar up into your cells, not leaving it circulating all around in your bloodstream where it can cause a lot of damage. Therefore, PCOS is considered to be a harbinger of metabolic syndrome and type 2 diabetes, which makes it really important for us to pay attention to and treat properly. About 50 to 70% of women with PCOS show measurable insulin resistance beyond that which would be expected of their body weight or even degree of obesity if they're overweight. And insulin then stimulates secretion of testosterone in the ovaries, and it inhibits sex hormone binding globulin in the liver, leading to increased circulating testosterone. That accounts for the acne, facial hair, and male pattern hair loss that is so distressing and so common in women with PCOS. While there does appear to be a strong genetic component that increases your risk of developing PCOS, this is greatly modified by epigenetics, meaning that your genetics can be improved or 
harmed by environmental factors and exposures and lifestyle factors, including diet and stress. In other words, your genetic history does not dictate your destiny. But you may have to work a little harder to prevent insulin resistance if you come from a family that's overweight, diabetic, or if you have close female relatives with PCOS. So how do you know if you have PCOS? PCOS is what's called a clinical diagnosis. This means it's basically diagnosed on the basis of having some or all of the classical symptoms with other medical conditions having been ruled out. Testing can confirm PCOS, but lack of abnormalities on hormonal testing, including those typically checked like luteinizing hormone or LH, follicle stimulating hormone or FSH and testosterone, doesn't mean that you don't have the condition. Test results are hugely variable based on the time of the month that the tests were done in relationship to your period, your weight, and other factors. And not everyone with PCOS has abnormal hormone tests or multiple cysts on their ovaries when an ultrasound is done. Symptoms of PCOS can include any of the following, infertility, irregular periods, long lapses between your periods, sometimes for even months at a time without you being pregnant or breastfeeding, acne, weight gain, unwanted facial hair, thinning of your hair or hair loss, and less commonly darkening of the skin in your armpits, the back of your neck or on your groin, which is also seen with diabetes and is called acanthosis nigricans. Women with PCOS are also more likely to have depression and anxiety and to have eating disorders, especially binge eating. The reasons for this aren't entirely clear, but in my opinion have to do with blood sugar imbalances as well as adrenal imbalances that can lead to this whole constellation of symptoms. And of course, our old friend, underlying inflammation, which is at the heart of so many conditions and also at the heart of what goes wrong when your adrenals are upset or dysregulated. It's very important to take PCOS seriously. As I mentioned, it is a harbinger of metabolic syndrome and diabetes. It's because of the insulin resistance and the related blood sugar problems that happen when it's untreated. So untreated, it can carry all of the potential risks for diabetes, including heart disease and stroke. And although obesity worsens PCOS and increases insulin resistance, not everyone with PCOS has obvious problems with weight or blood sugar. So just because you're thin doesn't mean you don't have PCOS. If you do have PCOS, you're also more likely to experience pregnancy complications. For example, 20 to 40% of an increased likelihood of miscarriage due to both the insulin resistance and the hormonal problems associated with PCOS. So what's a girl to do? Well, as always in my approach, it's to look at the root causes. When I think about the escalating rates of PCOS around the world and how they parallel skyrocketing rates for all kinds of inflammatory and hormonal conditions related to insulin, especially insulin resistance, especially diabetes, my functional medicine brain kicks into gear and I start looking for root causes. The big ones to think about are those that have the greatest impact on blood sugar and hormonal balance. Now, because this condition is so complex, I have actually put the root solutions into a chart that you can access over at my website 
at www.avivaram.com. If you just go to my website and search for PCOS, or you can go to avivaram.com backslash PCOS dash natural dash prescription. And you'll find a PDF over there that you can download and that will give you access to the information that you need to make this easier for yourself. Now, one question you might have is how can a healthy woman who eats well and exercises possibly have PCOS? And this does actually happen and it's very frustrating for women. In fact, it's super common and I see this in my practice a lot. Well, first of all, most of us didn't grow up with moms who ate healthy during their pregnancies with us. And most of us of a certain age grew up on less than optimally healthy diets. So when you take genetics into account and then you add in a sort of a heaping tablespoon of prenatal and childhood exposures that increase our lifetime risks for insulin resistance and inflammation, you kind of get a setup for developing conditions like PCOS. And then you add to that our crazy, busy, overwhelmed life you know, just like we're so many women are so stressed. And that in turn impacts our food choices, our sleep patterns, how much we exercise, our adrenal stress, and you've got it. It even jacks up our blood sugar and all of that leads to insulin resistance. And then there's something more that might also surprise you. Too much exercise can send your adrenals into red alert and drive up inflammation, which can actually make you more insulin resistant. So healthy amounts of exercise and sort of more moderate exercise like long walks, exercise where you're not sort of in a training mode actually reduces your insulin resistance, but heavy training mode, um, spinning, intense exercise like that can send you into this sort of stress overdrive situation that affects your cortisol and increases your inflammation. So for my patients with PCOS, a lot of times I recommend backing down on intense exercise programs and subbing in more restorative forms of exercise like yoga, walking, gentle hiking, and gentle bike rides. Now, a natural approach to PCS is very possible, and this condition can be nipped in the bud, it can be reversed. Some of the symptoms can be a little bit longer in improving, especially the hair loss, but you can recover. You can get your blood sugar back in balance and you can forestall or completely prevent, I should say, it's not even forestalling because that sounds like slowing down. You can completely prevent those long end result, end stage kind of problems like diabetes and heart disease. So a natural approach to PCS does mean taking your lifestyle and your diet into account. It's really important to be self-reflective and honest with yourself because you're going to have to keep your blood sugar in balance. You're going to have to work on stress reduction, nourishing your adrenals and reducing your environmental exposures to uh, hormonal triggers and other toxins. You're also going to want to work on supporting your body's natural detoxification pathways and reducing inflammation. Now, all of these things are so important to do for the greater good of your health, but it's complicated. So I'm going to help you walk through how we do all of those things. So one of the main goals of treatment, if you have PCOS and you're overweight is weight loss, but I know that sounds easier said than done. The good news is that the suggestions that I'm helping you with today will help you to lose weight naturally. And some of the suggestions I make for supplements will help reduce insulin resistance. And when you start to reduce that insulin resistance, inflammation goes down and then weight starts to come down with it. 
Now, a number of supplements, including vitamins and minerals and herbs, have been shown in scientific studies to have a positive impact in reversing PCOS. And the real benefits come from a combination of making the dietary and lifestyle changes I'm talking about today to prevent and reverse insulin resistance along with taking the supplements. The supplements don't substitute for the dietary and lifestyle changes, and the supplements can help on their own, but you really have to do both. Similarly, the dietary and lifestyle changes, they actually can help on their own, but the supplements can take you further and possibly faster. So what I recommend is looking at the different categories that I hand over to you in the download that I mentioned, and I'm going to talk with you about in my podcast right now, and picking one or two from each of the different categories, being blood sugar balancing, stress reduction, supporting your detoxification, and reducing insulin resistance specifically with supplements and reducing inflammation that way. It really does take sticking with these changes for a minimum, a minimum of three months, and ideally six to 12 months, including taking the supplements to see substantial and long-term change. So let's talk about the first of the four categories that we're going to approach for reversing your PCS. The first, I've mentioned a bunch, is balancing your blood sugar and reducing insulin resistance. And this is the main thing that you want to do. This is the main approach, which is why if you were to go to your endocrinologist, gynecologist, or primary care doctor, they're going to put you on a medication called metformin. The reason that medication helps is it's completely logical. It helps to get your blood sugar under control And it also acts as an anti-inflammatory. But most women can actually get the same results naturally with the dietary recommendations I give you here. And also sometimes with the addition of some supplements to help reverse insulin resistance. So here are the big rules, if you will, for balancing your blood sugar. One is to eat only whole, real fresh foods. So processed foods have got to go. There are so many aspects of processed foods that cause inflammation in your body, that give you empty calories, that jack up your insulin resistance. So whole fresh foods. You have to eat regular blood sugar balanced meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then also if you need a snack, that snack also has to keep your blood sugar balanced. Now, what is a blood sugar balanced meal or snack? It means that it includes a good serving of a good quality protein and a healthy fat. A good serving of good quality protein is about four to six ounces of meat, fish or chicken. Four ounces of red meat is about the size of your palm. And then for fish or chicken, it's more about six ounces, which is the size of your hand. And then one or two tablespoons of a good quality fat with your meals. That can be half an avocado. That's more than a couple of tablespoons, but it's an avocado. So half an avocado or extra virgin olive oil or coconut oil. Those are some three fabulous choices right there that you can use. And then with your meals, it's also very important to have a good, healthy serving of vegetables. And I'm recommending that you aim for about a pound of fresh vegetables, raw or cooked daily, and to make sure that you eat a rainbow of color from reds to greens to yellows to orange and blue purple, which are usually your berries. 
It's super important if you have PCOS to eat breakfast every day. And that breakfast has to be blood sugar balanced. So you can't have dessert for breakfast. It can't be muffins and a coffee. It has to be something with protein. So either some meat, you know, breakfast meat that's healthy, not processed, no additives, no MSG, or something like eggs or a vegan or vegetarian alternative. And if you can't get in a good breakfast every day, then a high protein shake, you can do one with pea protein, or you can even do if you're paleo and you don't want to do the um, grain-based or legume-based, there are actually even meat-based protein shakes, which I know sounds really disgusting, but they're out there and quite a number of my patients find them very palatable and fulfilling and satisfying and help them balance their blood sugar. It's very important to never go hungry. So you have to keep an emergency food stash in your bag, in your desk drawer, in your glove compartment of your car, wherever it is that you typically find that your blood sugar is dropping a little bit because you're in transit or you're busy and you haven't gotten a chance to eat. The emergency food stash can include nuts, a good quality energy bar that's low in sugar. You can keep pre-made smoothie in a cooler, you know, a thermos that you keep in the fridge if there's a fridge at work, hard-boiled eggs, hummus and vegetables. These are all kinds of examples of good quality protein that can really tide you over. It's incredibly important to cut out sugar and white flour products, soda, and fruit juice. And while you're at it, Maybe think about whether you really need to eat very much starch, potatoes and rice, for example. Sweet potatoes are fabulous for your health, they're great for your digestion, but overdoing it on the grains and overdoing it on the white starches can really also increase your insulin resistance. So, you know, while you're in this process, thinking about going toward more of a modified paleo diet where your diet is mostly protein, fat, and vegetables with small amounts of grains, really important. And, you know, I say this with all love and respect, and as someone who was a vegetarian for over almost two decades, it's very, very hard to get your blood sugar fully balanced as a vegetarian because most vegetarian sources of protein have a lot of carb or sugar in them. So if you're eating dairy, then you're not only getting additional hormones from the animal in the dairy, but you're getting a lot of lactose in there, which is sugar. And on top of it, if you're eating a lot of legumes those also have quite a bit of carbohydrate in them. So your beans are part protein and part carb. So it gets really tough. So if you're struggling and if your you know, vegetarian vegan diet just isn't working, it may be important to have a hard look at your health you know, and how much you can move on your values and your sort of ideology for your health. It's also important to really not have much dairy in your diet or have any dairy at all if you're struggling with PCS for the reasons that I mentioned. It does it does potentially increase your insulin resistance. Another rule that I recommend is not eating after 7 p.m. Now, this is tougher if you're a night shift worker, like a nurse, and if you're a night shift worker, it does increase your insulin resistance. It does increase your adrenal stress, and so it actually just those shifts increase your risk of PCOS. So you might want to think, if you can, about shifting your shift to a daytime shift in order to heal because is the risk of diabetes heart disease and stroke worth it, it also increases your risk of breast cancer too. It doesn't mean everyone who works at night is going to have it, but 
you know, I work with a lot of healthcare providers, many nurses who have night shifts, and it's tougher. It's tougher to get your health in hand. But for everyone else, no eating after 7 p.m. It allows your body to go into a rest and digest mode. It's a time of night when your cortisol is supposed to be going down. When your cortisol goes down, your insulin resistance is improved. You want to kind of give your body that more parasympathetic, meditative, restful state, not having it be focused on digesting when you're supposed to be resting or focusing on immediately digesting a meal. You want to be thinking about allowing your body to go into more of a deeper rest and digest mode. And then the other thing is to cut out wine and other alcoholic drinks. They massively elevate your blood sugar. Now, there are a handful of supplements that can be used to reduce insulin resistance. And I'm just going to mention them and the doses. I'm not going to go into an explanation of the nuances of all of them because I'd have you on this podcast for hours and that might be fun, but we're not going to do that today. So the first one is called myo-inositol and a combination of four grams of myo-inositol plus 400 micrograms of folic acid daily significantly improved ovulation and conception in women with PCOS at a rate better than 1,500 milligrams a day of metformin. Why was it doing it? You got it. It was lowering insulin resistance. Alpha lipoic acid at 200 to 400 milligrams a day has been shown to reduce insulin resistance. Chromium picolinate up to 1,000 micrograms a day improves insulin resistance. 1.5 grams per day of cinnamon improved menstrual regularity in women with PCOS. Vitamin D is essential for reducing insulin resistance. I recommend keeping blood levels between 50 and 80 for optimal health. And most people can do that by 2,000 to 4,000 units of vitamin D3 daily. Now, a different form of inositol called D-chiro-inositol at 1,200 milligrams a day has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity and reduce serum testosterone levels in women with PCOS. But instead of doing the myo-inositol and the D-chiro-inositol, I usually recommend doing the myo-inositol with the folic acid. They both work very similarly, and that four grams a day of myo-inositol should have the same great benefits on insulin sensitivity and, and testosterone levels as the D-chiro-inositol. Now, I mentioned being careful about having too many legumes because of the carbs, but one important thing about legumes and including some of them in your diet if you tolerate them well is that legumes are also a rich dietary source of inositol. So including garbanzo beans, kidney beans, and even considering non-GMO organic soy in your diet if you tolerate it, it means the soy has to be organic, can increase your intake of the inositol. And then finally for insulin resistance is a supplement called Pinatol, and that is similar to D-chiro-inositol, and you can take it with the myo-inositol at 600 milligrams twice a day, and taken for three months, that actually lowered blood glucose levels on average 19% and significantly reduced insulin resistance in the women taking it. Now on to step two, which is nourishing your adrenals. Your bodies, your, all, all of our bodies, your body, my body, our bodies read stress as a crisis. And when this becomes a chronic state, which for most of us 
the reality is most of us have stress, at least some every day. And according to the American Psychological Association, women are reporting significantly more stress than men. And stress accounts for at least 75% of all reasons for medical visits to the doctor's office. It's pretty substantial how much stress we're all under. So even if you think you're not under stress, I mean, kind of double check. Are you feeling at ease in your life most of the time, sleeping great, kind of breezing through your day? If not, taking a look at your stress is really important. So when stress becomes chronic, we start to pump out a lot of cortisol on a regular basis. One of cortisol's jobs is that one of the jobs of stress is it increases our blood sugar and it starts to put a heavy demand on our bodies to produce insulin to manage it. Additionally, when you're under stress, you also tend to crave more carbs and sugar and fats, and that further leads to blood sugar imbalances. And unchecked, it can eventually lead to insulin resistance, increased inflammation, and downstream hormonal problems. And then also all of that can affect your sleep, and that adds to a further vicious cycle of stress, fatigue, and even more cravings. So there are some things that you can start to do to manage your stress. One is practicing meditation, even if it's for five minutes at a time. And I promise you, I am a girl with such a busy mind. A few days ago, my husband asked me what I was thinking and, you know, just kind of like what I was thinking in the last five minutes. And I gave him this entire sort of um, stream of consciousness of what I had thought. And he just looked at me, his jaw was kind of dropped. He said, you thought all that in the last three minutes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, don't you think like that? He said, no, I don't. So my mind is, is pretty chatterboxy. And, you know, I find that the quickie meditation that I talk about over on my website is one of my favorites. So it's called the quickie. You just Google the quickie and Aviva Ram. That's a little scary. I don't know what might come up, but hopefully you'll get the meditation or just go over to my website and then put the quickie in the search box. Another great resource for quick and easy meditations is my friend Gabrielle Bernstein's website. It's um, just Google Gabrielle Bernstein and you'll get over to her. And she's got some wonderful meditation videos that you can listen to. And then you want to think about cutting back on your caffeine if that's causing you to be really agitated and kind of in overdrive. It's hard to reduce stress in our lives. I mean, you can't just not take care of your kids. You can't not take care of your elderly parent. You can't not go to your stressful job, or maybe you can. Maybe there's a creative way to find another way to craft your income, but there are some stressors in our lives that are just fixed. There are two things you can do. One is you can reduce or eliminate any of the stresses that you don't have to have. So stop saying yes to so many things. Say no to things that you don't have to take on. For example, learn to do certain things more easily. For example, if you're cooking for your family, batch cook, right? Cook a lot of food on the weekend and put things in in the freezer, put things in the fridge for the week coming up, prep things in advance, just to simplify your life. And then also how we think about stress can have a tremendous impact on how stress affects us. So anything that you can reframe. So for example, I mean, I know this sounds a little kooky, but instead of, oh, I have to do that job or I have to do that task, think about it more in terms of, oh, I get to do that or I want to do that. And sometimes even things that we do that we at one time did want to do, now they've become a stress. So for example, I'm working on a book right now. And sometimes I just thinking, oh my goodness, I hate this. I don't want to write this. I want to go out and play. I want to do something else. And then I think to myself, oh my gosh, you love writing. You wanted to be a writer. You 
went for the book contract, you wanted this. And so then it starts to remind me of what I want and then it makes it more fun and then I can get curious about it instead of seeing it as stress. Super important to get a good night's sleep for all the reasons I mentioned. And remember to dial back on your exercise if you're really exercising super heavily. Now, there are some supplements that you can use to reduce adrenal stress and also just reduce stress in general. Right now, I'm going to just point you to a couple of my other podcasts and blogs. My podcast on adaptogens is going to tell you all about the herbs like ashwagandha and rhodiola and reishi that can help regulate your cortisol function, help you feel more capable of coping with stress, give you more resilience, and help to regulate your blood sugar, your insulin, and your hormones. Now, there's one I do specifically want to mention, which is maitake mushroom, because that was specifically shown to induce ovulation in women with PCOS at a dose of 50 milligrams a day of extract. So even if you just do one adaptogen, maybe think about the maitake mushroom. And then also, if you look at herbs for stress on my website, you'll find me talking about herbs like lavender and passionflower particularly look over at my blog on getting a better night's sleep. That'll help you a lot. Okay, now the third step is balancing your hormones and supporting natural hormone detoxification. So just by improving your blood sugar balance and reducing insulin resistance, your hormones will start to find their natural balance on their own. Our bodies are incredibly driven toward health. They want, we want to be healthy. Our bodies want us to be healthy. And in addition, you also want to think about reducing your environmental exposures whenever possible. So think about things like going from BPA-containing cans or plastic food storage containers and plastic water bottles to glass or stainless steel. Do check out your cosmetics, your body products, your household cleaners, and your pesticides because in your food, you know, look, look for low pesticide, low herbicide foods. The best way to do this is to go to the environmental working group, the EWG.org. You can look at the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 for which foods are okay to eat conventional and which ones you really want to have organic. They also have something called Skin Deep, which is a great guide to cosmetics. And there are tons of guides to um, best and safest, cleanest, greenest household cleaners. And don't forget the power of a little bit of vinegar and some water for cleaning a lot of things around your home. The reason for this detoxification of sort of your household products and your foods is that these environmental chemicals act as something called endocrine disruptors or xenobiotics. What that means is they, once they're in your body, they mimic your own natural hormones and they can bind to your hormone receptors and trigger action that your own natural hormones would trigger. But they're adding to, so it's not just the amount of hormones you have in your body, you now have more triggering. And the more you have there, the more havoc they can wreak. Additionally, a lot of these environmental exposures themselves increase diabetes. They increase obesity. They're called diabesogens and obesogens, and they increase toxic inflammation. So there are a few things you want to do to keep your body's natural detoxification processes optimized. One is it's essential to have a bowel movement at least once every day. 
If you're not, you want to increase your fiber up to 30 grams a day. You can add in one to two tablespoons of freshly ground flaxseed. You can add in psyllium husks and also make sure to add in a daily probiotic that has lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains. And then if you still aren't pooping every day, you can think about adding in magnesium citrate up to about a thousand milligrams before bed to get your bowels going. Remember, stress can have an impact on your bowels. So you want to reduce stress. And then you want to think about using some supplements that can actually support your body's natural detoxification. A couple of these are uh, turmeric or curcumin, and I usually recommend curcumin extract at about 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day, and something called NAC. It's N as in Nancy, A as in Albert, C as in Charles, and that's N-acetylcysteine, and it's a naturally occurring detox chemical in your body, but supplementation of it has been shown to improve insulin resistance and reduce testosterone levels, including unwanted facial hair in women with PCOS and menstrual irregularity. And that dose is about 600 milligrams three times a day for at least six months. There are a couple of supplements that have also been shown to boost fertility along with fertility medications in women with PCOS. So CoQ10 taken with clomiphene at 60 milligrams three times a day and L-carnitine taken with clomiphene also increases ovulation and pregnancy compared to the medication alone. And the dose for that is three grams a day. There are also some herbal supplements that have been shown to balance hormones. One of these is a combination called peony and licorice combination, and that has been shown to reduce testosterone, increase ovulation, and improve fertility in women with PCOS. Now, I try not to give out company names, and I don't have any endorsement or relationship with this company, but because I know some of these can be hard to find, and I want you to be especially careful with Chinese herbs because they can be contaminated with heavy metals and pesticides and herbicides and pharmaceuticals. One company that I can recommend is Khan, K-A-N, Herbs. There's another one called Crane Herbs. There are quite a number of other ones. If you look in your major natural foods retailers like Whole Foods, you'll find um, someone in the department who can help you also find something as close to peony and licorice combination as possible. Now, one of my favorite herbs for regulating hormones for women is called Vitex or Chasteberry. It regulates ovulation and it increases fertility and also improves progesterone in women with PCOS. And the dose of that is about five milliliters, which is about one measured teaspoon of the liquid extract a day. And then I also love to mention something called black cohosh. You may have heard of this for menopausal symptoms, but it actually improves ovulation and reduces the effects of excess androgens or male sex hormones like testosterone in women with PCOS. And the dose of that is 20 milligrams a day. Now, I know this is a lot of different supplements. I want to mention, kind of harken back to what I said earlier. Pick one or two from each of these different three categories. So you might pick one or two, like the myo-inositol and folic acid plus vitamin D from the... Um, the insulin resistance lowering category. You might pick the maitake mushrooms, for example, from the nourishing your adrenals 
uh, category. And then you might pick the, um, let's say, peony and licorice combination, or maybe just the Vitex. It's very easy to get, super simple. You can also take it in capsules and have that be your combination of what you do while you're working to make sure your bowels are moving, you're eating a lot of fresh green vegetables and a wide variety of uh, rainbow-colored vegetables and working on your sleep and keeping your blood sugar balanced. So this is a really tried and proven process. I use the same supplements, the same set of recommendations in my practice with my patients. You've got the information here. I really encourage you to think about trying this pathway because it can save you so much grief and misery. It can help restore your fertility, help you get pregnant. But so importantly, it can help you avoid serious medical conditions later down the road. And one thing I know is this world needs every one of us. It needs us in optimal health. We need you. I need you. And there are so many people in your community that need you. So taking care of yourself is not a luxury. It's not frivolous. It is day-to-day radically important. So I'm asking you to do that for yourself. I'm asking you to do that for all of us. If you have found this information helpful, if you're excited to give this a try, I am so excited for you. Please remember to drop a review on iTunes. When you drop a review, that means other women who need this are going to get this information because iTunes is going to bump it up there so other women can see it. And remember, 5 million women at least are struggling with this, which means they're struggling with their fertility. They're struggling with their weight. They're struggling with hair loss and they're at risk of heart disease, stroke and other complications. So share the love drop a review on iTunes if you don't mind. Remember, head over to my website, www.avivaram.com backslash PCOS hyphen natural hyphen prescription hyphen is the dash. And you can head over there and you'll be able to access a downloadable PDF that has these recommendations written out for you because I know it's hard to jot them down if you're running or jogging or on your treadmill or driving your kids to school right now. You can't be writing these recommendations down. And I know it's so easy to say we're going to listen again later, but sometimes we don't. And I really want you to have these recommendations. So they're in a downloadable PDF. You can take it to the health food store with you, get what you need. And thank you for listening. And let me know how things go for you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time. <laughs>